Did you hit it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my thunder. back on the mic okay great we skipped the beat we did and we just did but we're back do we have anything to in our defense or are we um, just we just skip the beat and I, people can sue us if they want to yeah I'm, I'm always game for a little sewage but i think um <laughs> people people can uh, People should know that it was spring break last week for me and the family. And so it was uh, most of the week was, I mean, I, I had a couple meetings and I sent some emails from time to time, but um, mostly it was just kind of downtime around the Wensing farm. I feel like the main issue was also that the daylight uh, saving stuff is out of sync. So our normal mm. recording time is was did not work for me at all because it's like... Oh, right. That's the hour where we put our son to bed. And yeah. when he's in bed, there's the perfect time to record. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, for so, the 53 minutes he sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, next week, it'll be easier again. But then something cool. else will come up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. But maybe uh, he doesn't try. care about daylight saving. Who knows? Maybe yeah, he doesn't care about him? saving the daylight. Yeah, I I don't know if you've asked him really what he thinks no. about it. Sometimes he just doesn't <laughs> care about stuff. Yeah, the <clears throat> uh, those new those 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 uh, babies are somewhat selfish. They're just not wired to care too much about your needs. Somewhat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. We um, we had a bit of an announcement. If you didn't see it, I I believe i participated in the announcement but it's true I hope you were I, at the party you at the i was party. at the i was at the party that's right yeah it's just that more famous people showed up so, yeah people with many more followers than matt wensing yeah no it was a crazy day like i guess that's probably going to be most of my update is just talking about that because we yeah, didn't hit, talk about it last week um hit yeah it so i blocked about it as well i i i spent the day ranting on twitter about how bad blogging is um but in the <laughs> end of the day i actually published a blog post so i guess to some extent it was worth it shout out to prosful shout yeah. out to matt's shiracha shiracha <laughs> this is yellowbird sauce my friend i'm i'm eating in between takes here. yeah <laughs> You know, nobody saw that but you. You didn't have to say anything. Well, no one saw that I'm drinking whiskey. That's, that's, I, I didn't have to say anything about that either. But okay, it's all out in the open now, folks. Okay, we're Take eating two. and drinking. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We uh, we had this reform thing. I don't even know that if we said the word or the name reform on the podcast yet. Uh, I think. On the last podcast, it was just something. It yeah, was it was just uh, it was forms, but that was, was forms. Unnamed. Something mm -hmm. forms, but it's called a reform, and um, 
it's uh, essentially a, a Typeform competitor. So um, we were working on that idea and kind of like our approach was to, oh, what we realized was that we wanted to announce something about it. So we wanted to put it out in the open so we could get to see if if more people were interested in it. Um, mm -hmm. And so we wanted to launch basically, um, the way we thought about it is like to to test um, kind of like if, if we wanted to proceed, we wanted to basically have three deliverables. We wanted a really well-designed landing page so that people would believe that we would design a really nice product <laughs> because we thought that was important because we're competing with Typeform and they're known for design. And yep. we wanted some really nice copy to see if that resonated with people um, that really clearly stated how we were better uh, because at at I kind of like where we what we realized is a lot of people were on the surface at least pretty happy with the status quo or at least they thought maybe but as soon as we started poking a little bit more and more people were like actually that's true what you're saying mm -hmm. um, and we found a lot more people that felt kind of like the same way that we did um, so the copy was very important and then we wanted obviously we needed a place for people to sign up so that was a good excuse to have basically a demo of our product vision so a simple mm -hmm. form similar to what people could build with our tool so that was kind of like our deliverables and it, the scope was a lot bigger when we started this like we also so it derek is kind of like our genesis user he had a use case for this and that was part of why we started working on it so we wanted also to solve his problem because then we could also put him on the website and have like a testimonial. And we had a few different, um, you know, things that we that we ultimately cut out of the of the scope of the project. Um, mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's that's an interesting place to pause because I think the lesson that I really took away from our announcement on Twitter was about. Um, and I'm going to write a blog post about this as well. I have I have a draft for it, but basically um, MVPs uh, and shitty MVPs. And there's a Jason Cohen blog post about this, and he he calls he he's he's like people people no one wants your MVP. It's shitty, and he talks about SLCs. And I think it's I don't even remember what it stands for. It's simple. Uh, Actually, I don't remember what it stands for, but he has a blog post about it that is like, I've heard other people say like minimal path to awesome as well. It's like, but I think basically the point is like you launch something super like simple, like limited scope, but it has to be really good, especially simple, when you're lovable, yeah. complete. Exactly. Thanks for finding that. Um, so it's like it you shouldn't launch like a broken thing or like a barely functioning thing like you should you should figure out something that actually is working and is really good but it's just simple and i think kind of like to uh toot our own horn like i think we i think we did that like we i think we nailed basically what like we had a very simple demo of the product vision we had a very simple website um but we got a lot of great feedback on the copy, on the website design, and on the on the demo as well. So 
it felt like we really nailed that part, um, which is exciting because the first vision we had for this product was very much around the form builder because that was there was something we found frustrating with other tools. So we wanted to build basically a better form builder, but the form building experience, we just real, we just quickly learned that people just didn't care that much about it because it's like one, one person is using the form builder to build a form that 1000 people might interact with. So people just care more about the output. And, but we had, I think we just, we had a hard time, like really like giving up our ideas around what we wanted to do with the form builder. And if you look at the website now, it doesn't even mention the, what, how the form builder works. Um, so, but my point is our first idea for what we wanted to launch was like a simple demo of a form builder, but that wouldn't have been great. Like that would have been like, it would just to, in a few weeks build like as, or a week, maybe build a simple demo of our form builder. It would just be a worse form builder than any other form builder out there. Yeah. Yeah, I actually this is a, I've been looking at this article as you're talking. This is a <clears throat> to paraphrase. He says, "Don't release version 0.1 of something complex. Release version 1.0 of something simple." Yeah. So you would have had a you would have had a one tenth baked version of a complex product. Yeah. And yeah, really insightful. Because it's like we can just hard code all the basically the features, because the the part that people care most about is how the form looks and works and so we had a demo of the form and then also like for the stuff that was more advanced so like multi-step or multi-page forms sort of like type forms we didn't build a demo for that but we had some mock-ups that we designed in figma that we put on the website so people could see what we wanted to build and i think it just ended up being like the the perfect balance of like showing the product vision and not um spending too much time building. So I think people got the idea of what we wanted to do and what direction we were headed in. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't think with this product, there's a lot of risk on the how, not to undermine the right, difficulty no. of executing a simple product. But like, I don't think there's a lot of people who are like, time travel sounds awesome, but how? You know, in this case, it's like, well, it's a form builder, you know, it's going to be like, a good one. Worst case, we'll just copy what the other form builders do. <laughs> like, yeah. So for all so, this stuff that we can't come up with something clever, we'll just do what the other do, the others do. Right. <laughs> it's like, there's no, yeah. nothing we don't know how to do. It's, it's very obvious what it is. So how it gets done, it's kind of not an interesting detail at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so that was basically um, how we we thought about it, and then the goal was to. I think the goal was to what I put in my my basically OKR plan for this project was to that I wanted to we wanted to launch this website to kickstart customer development because we wanted like a list of people that had shown interest that we could start to talk to because I talked to. I talked to all of my friends that I could think of that wanted forms, um, but I would like to like get like a, a broader slice of people outside my like closest friends, um, and just you know whoever showed up on Twitter when I you know 
cryptically like mention something about forms or time yeah. form. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was the point. And then we, so this whole time when we've been thinking about ideas, like we, we've been, we've had the kind of like the attitude of just quickly like test things. And then if they don't really show much traction, just try something else. So what we hoped for, for this one was like maybe a few hundred, a hundred, a hundred would have been great, uh, signups for people who were interested in this, because that would be enough people to like talk to for, for a bit of time. Right. And to learn more oh, and yeah. get to the next step. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, the announcement went really well, much better than I had imagined. Um, knocked it out of the park. And now it's like, now we kind of have to do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really weird like to come out a month later and be like, hey, we're launching another thing. <laughs> because yeah. then people probably would have a hard time um, taking us seriously. Or maybe they wouldn't. I don't know. But that's kind of like how it felt. And it's like, for what we were trying to do, I don't think we could have wished for anything better. Um, what I'm like... What I'm very careful about is assuming that this product has been validated now or like that the idea is validated because I don't believe it has. Like, I think mm. one thing we talked about is like the only thing that we really learned so far. I mean, obviously, like people seem to be interested in the thing, but like the only thing we know for sure is that I'm I'm pretty good at like creating hype on Twitter and getting people excited about my ideas. That's like the only <laughs> thing we know kind of like for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah yeah i would i would push back i i appreciate the great skepticism uh in that sense i would push back and say the other thing is you know you can tell a joke and nobody laughs you can mention something and nobody sort of perks up there was a resonance there was an echo here in terms yeah. of you shouted into the void it definitely came back and some of the responses were really enthusiastic so what does that say it would sort of invalidate the idea that if this existed and delivered what's on the page, nobody would use it or nobody would try it. People yeah. will try this thing. I, I think you, yeah. they're going to try it. That's so. how I feel. And that's why it's, it's the kind of product where you want, like it make, you want to make it really easy to try it. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to try. I, it. Yeah. I, I, that's my gut feeling. And that, and that makes me feel really good. And that's why we've decided to, um, to build a simple version one for this um, that I'm going to talk about in a second. But cool. yeah, we, we shouted into the Twitter and uh, <laughs> it shouted back. We, the numbers, um, I think last time I checked, the tweet had more than 80,000 impressions, which I think is a lot. It's like the national you know, football stadium in Denmark has room for like 40,000 people or something like that. Nice. When you nice think visual. about it, it's, it's just incredible. It's just a lot of people that just, you know, they may, might not have paid attention to it or whatever. Like they might just have scrolled by it, but that, that's still a lot of people. Um, more than six thousand people engaged with the or had, like uh, engaged with the tweet, like clicked on it or um, liked it or retweeted it. Um, so that's still a lot of people. We had. I think we had almost 4,000 people come to the website. And out of those, I haven't, I think last time I, I got an, an update from Bjorn was the end of last week. Um, and it was around 500 people that signed up. 
Awesome. Um, so and, 500 email addresses. Yeah. And it's, nice. I mean, it's, it's easy to sign up for something. It's free. Like I get that, but it's still like, it's still more than I normally get. <laughs> yeah. And um, well, well, not to not, uh, how many did you get for branch on launch day? Do you remember? I don't remember, but I'm totally just I got curious. quite a few. I got a few actually. Yeah, I, I mean, thought so. Yeah. But I, I had, I had some good hype around that as well. Like there's a reason why, why I believed in the idea. Like, and that's kind of like my launch hype around branch is most of what tiny seed invested based on i think because i didn't have much more than that like some prepayments and some tweets and sign up that was a anyway that was evidence of something but um i've been thinking about like the what it is part as you're talking and i do think the difference is well i'm gonna project here a little bit when you told people what branch was i'm guessing people in their mind's eye were like yeah i want that i think when you talk about reform it's kind of easier to get your head around what it is it's like you said it's a it's a form builder it has these features it does this thing i think i don't know i think people's probably less imagination required in terms of the what yeah i think like if I've mentioned, I've mentioned this before that I kind of think of branches like it has some of the same challenges as like a gym membership for like people yeah. that don't go to the gym already. And <laughs> yeah. this thing is like more, I think more of the, the, the Jason Cohen metaphor where he's like, he talks about it's, it, it's certainly easy to sell uh, ice cream <laughs> on a beach on a sunny day, even though there is an ice cream stand right next, right next to you. Because yeah. and then this is like the promise of like, you know, better ice cream, slightly cheaper, maybe even. And it's the mm-hmm. same. It's on the same beach. So like, it's just like the friction here is like, you have to walk to my ice cream stand instead of the other ice cream stand. Um, yeah. The, well, yeah, actually, I think the friction is you have to be willing to take a risk on Peter Soon brand ice cream. Yeah. yeah. Which you you're advertising try is a new ice cream. Yeah. Try a new ice cream, right? It's these different flavors. It's this price. It's slightly cheaper, but it's still money. And what if yeah. I don't like it? You know, it's like your group of friends, but like you, like you can still call it's a different ice cream, but you can still get chocolate. You can still get vanilla. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's different it, enough. It's got like a know? healthy twist or something like that or whatever. Let, let's just abuse the metaphor after all, right? This <laughs> is like, this is kind of like the person who says, I don't want, you know, chocolate pecan brownie fudge swirl. I just want some plain chocolate ice cream. And you're like over here going like, I've got soft serve chocolate ice cream. And people are like, yes, I just want simple ice cream with, you know, nothing in it that I didn't ask. They're like, you're basically selling a a derivation of the product where it's like, you know, we have Dairy Queen here in the States. And it's like, if you know you want vanilla soft serve, simple you know exactly what you're going to get it's cheap and like it does the job and i think that's what's so it's the hopefulness in me is like i think as long as you as long as people when people get it from you it actually does what you're saying it will or actually is what you're saying it is i i, I think people are going to try it like i said um so yeah i i like that too because your your risk then shifts to can we build this? Can we ship this? As opposed to, can we convince people that there's value in this and enough value to pay for it and all that stuff? It's more, 
can we just build this thing and can we get enough customers? So it's yeah. it's become a like a it's become like a, execution a technical risk. and exec, it's execution risk, not market creation or demand risk. Yeah, I I believe so. It's um in a in a in a sense like in a micro way, the like five hundred people already tried the product like on the front end, right? They they submitted a form. Yeah, <laughs> like they had that experience. Like that's already like they've already tried it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. so like point. maybe the next thing they can try is like try to build a form, but they don't have to log in or sign up while they build it. Like just mm-hmm. make it easy for them to try it. I think that could work. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, my brain so, goes. My brain there goes a little bit to you know, can you find somebody? who's been there, done that in the forms company sense and maybe isn't working there anymore or has the experience that could just almost give you the shortcuts and cheat codes and market sort of insights that you like, hey, you're going to be tempted to create this kind of form. Don't bother yet because 80% of people are going to say they want that, but then they actually don't need it and use it. And what they really need is you probably have a lot of product management risk that you could shortcut maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... The the closest I have to that is like I'm talking to some real like power users of type form. And mm, that's mm-hmm. helpful in terms of like understanding that's true. In general, it's like it's just interesting to understand like what people care about and what they don't care about. Yeah. People on the user's side. On the if yeah. you get if you talk to somebody on the former management builder maker side, what they're gonna give you is the aggregated aggregated yeah. view of, you know, the 10, problem is when I when I think of some of my competitors, they ha- they go after a different market that i'm starting out with so like mm. one of them that i'm thinking about like when i listen i listen to some podcasts with the founders of that one and they, they're like that. talking about like <laughs> it's like you know fitness studios and whatever mm. like their customers is like not like the types of customers i'm going after right now so i think right yeah. now like i'm probably better off just talking to the the that's true users yeah that's true um, yeah but mm. i'm i'm I mean, I was pumped about the the whole like how the announcement went on Twitter. Like, it was just more than we could have asked for. And it's some of the people that showed up in like comments and were like people I don't normally interact with on Twitter. And I was just surprised to see like their support. It's just amazing. And most most people that signed up or most people that um, replied to stuff is people I've never heard of. Or when I I click on their Twitter profile, like they don't follow me. They don't they don't um like i don't follow them they don't follow me it's so it's like someone retweeted and it resonated with like so my friends on twitter helped spread the word yeah but it also resonated with the people they shared it with and i think that's a good sign it's not just my friends that's true yeah 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 there was the ripples were not (laughs) just one concentric circle yeah and then we did the twitter spaces thing that was amazing yeah that was that was that Talk felt that. like an Im- <laughs> that felt like the perfect use case for a Twitter Spaces thing or spaces space a space a Twitter space, whatever, <laughs> a Twitter clubhouse, <laughs> a <room>. twice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we so I just like asked Bjorn like would it be wouldn't it be fun to like just try one of those uh, Twitter Spaces thing? And you had done one a few like two days before, and I think because I was a speaker. At your mm-hmm. thing, they made me a host, 
Um, I think that's the key. Like you just have to be a speaker, then you get an invitation automatically. So ah, um, we were like, let's let's try this. For the first five minutes, it was just Bjorn and I. So we 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 just talked in Danish because we were like we were gonna jump on a call anyway because Bjorn was the only one who had access to the signups, and I wanted to get the numbers and. He wanted to see the numbers in our Fathom account, which I only had access to. So it's like we wanted to, you know, kind of like tally up all the numbers. So you were just and, having a chat. You're just having like a phone call, but on a Twitter space effectively. Yeah, because we were like, we, we might as well just do it like in public. Because I think this product is a, it, for this product, it makes a lot of sense to work as much as public, uh, in public mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. Because it's like literally most of the people that I want to become a customer right now are like people that are following me building it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so it just makes sense for that. Um, so for the first five minutes, it was just the two of us. We just talked Danish and then someone showed up and we like awkwardly switched to English and <laughs> a handful of people showed up for the first bit. Um, Louis Nichols was there. For, he, he asked a lot of questions. It was nice. I think then yeah, he he's, joined. Sorry. Yeah. Louis is good. He, he's been the first person to join some spaces I've started. And yeah, he's, it's good. he's really good at being that kindling because he'll just yeah. ask a bunch of questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah, I've just people slowly like started to join. You joined, Derek joined. And I think for the first hour, maybe even we were just like 10 people most of the time. And then at one point, Justin Jackson joined. And I think he has a lot of followers. So I think he brought in a ton of people because uh, yeah. your followers can see, and he's also just been doing it a bit. Like, so I think people are like, Oh, Justin is on a Twitter spaces again. Let's, let's go see what he's doing. He was really good at like, basically just like showing me some of the basic features of like how to share a tweet in there. And like, yeah, yeah. Was, which I haven't done like yet like either. Emceeing as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was really good at that. And then, yeah, we were on there for like two and a half hours, I think. But like at one point, the weirdest thing happened. So I don't know. We, I think my friend Nicholas, he was talking about like how he used to like Wufu uh, when they were around. They're still around. Actually, I played around with their UI a bit. It's like almost getting like back in fashion with like, like they have those like 3D effects and buttons and stuff like that. That's kind of like coming back a little bit. <laughs> skeuomorphism or whatever and um so he was talking about that and he basically just wanted like a modern version of that and then a few weeks ago i listened so i basically found all the podcasts i could over the past month with like people who founded form companies so like oh nice form paper form woofu like every everything i could find and andrew warner on mixergy for like 11 years ago or something like that, did an interview with the one of the founders of Wufu after they uh, they came out of YC. Nice, yeah. And <laughs> I, I listened to that, and and so so I asked uh, on on the call if like if anyone knew why they were called Wufu because I I listened to that Mixergy interview uh, about how they named it after the Wu Tang Clan and Foo Fighters, and then I got like a little thing. And it just it's it just says Andrew Warner is requesting access to speak, and I'm like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> it's like you talk about something and they just appear in the room. Conjured. Like, 
I you was so confused. Him. Like I clicked his profile and like he doesn't follow me. I don't follow him. It's like it was so random that he was there. Oh, um, yeah. That's but apparently better. he like knew you pretty well. Because yeah, he, he said, I was he, I was on his show way back when, and I, I guess I was the interview of the year that year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, was, Storm Pulse was a pretty big deal back then. I had an yeah, it was an amazing ride and story. So yeah, I, I've kind of known him, but I haven't chatted with him too much. But um, he he's a cool. I dude felt like it helped a lot that you were there, like talking to me when he got into the room. It like legitimized okay. us. It felt like yeah, that stuff happened between yeah between Justin and then I guess he knew. Of course, he knows me. It uh, suddenly just sort of the the but the energy when in the room he joined, changed. I was I like yeah how did Andrew get in here? And I just started scrolling down in the room and there was just so many people in there. Like, I don't know how many were online at that point, but in total, like definitely way more really than hundred cool. people. That's amazing. Yeah. That was really cool. And so, so when I create the room, like it just calls it like Peter Zoom space or something like that, but I renamed it just for fun. I just called it reform announcement party and added like a, like a party poop, a uh, pupper, not a pooper. <laughs> party, <laughs> party pupper emoji. Nice. <laughs> so Andrew had seen that and he's like, he wanted to see what's going on. Yeah. And then at one point he's like, wait, so are you just like two guys with an idea and like you haven't even, like the park isn't even built yet? Like, yeah, that that's kind of the idea. Like, that's awesome. Like, can I like PayPal you some money and become customer number one? <laughs> so I I pushed back a little bit. And I was like, do you have like, do you have a use case for it? Um, and he was like, well, I always have use cases for forms. It's like, yeah, that's the I truth. Just... That's the beauty of that answer. It's true. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, I, I, in my mind, like I had thought that we were going to price it at 19 bucks per month. So I was like, you just PayPal me $19. You get like that. That'll give you use ID number one. And then you, he countered with hundred bucks and then he got an annual deal. Um, <laughs> like sounds good. So he PayPal's me hundred dollars. And so my friend Nicholas is on the call and he, he also wanted to be customer number one. So he tried to, to send me hundred dollars on this Danish like payment app just to see if he could get it before andrew shortcut <laughs> and at the same time justin jackson is in my dms as well like what's your paypal yeah. so justin becomes Everyone customer won. number three ah. <laughs> and then later uh, chris yeah. lemma became customer number four so people just started paypaling his money it was really weird and fun and again and there's it's like a- I, it's not validation because it's like it's like it's, it's just fun and giggles on a yeah, call people like with that, the story exactly yeah. but at the same time it's like he couldn't have done that for branch because it would have make no made no sense for him to sign up for branch like it was too niche yeah. for that um, yeah. so yeah. it's fun like and i've i think justin talked about this as well like it sure is helpful like when you're just getting things off the ground that you can just sell it to all your friends <laughs> yeah the, and they can yep. get value from it the market like includes- it's, it's a nice little boost right <laughs> yeah, the market's gigantic and it includes the people around you, which means your addressable market is not zero to start. It's already something which is even more so, well, it proved what we were talking about also in that call, I think, which is hey, this is the kind of product that individual users, contributors, and users oftentimes have full autonomy in deciding, hey, we're going to use this tool. Like yeah. their boss doesn't care, their manager doesn't care. Like nobody has an opinion 
oftentimes on this purchase. So yeah, you're talking to people who also don't need to talk to anybody else to decide that they're going to use your tool for forms. So yeah, it's cool. And you don't have to switch all your forms to it. Like you just right. use it on one form. You can just try it on one form and see if you want to use it. Like there's probably going to be a free plan eventually. Like you can just, I mean, it's just much less friction. It mm -hmm. also like has like, because of that, like there are some other challenges. I think I'm pretty aware of like some of those challenges. So it's not going to be like a big surprise, but I think like when evaluating ideas, like it definitely was the one that I felt like had the most sort of tailwind for us to get started. I think so. Yeah. So, um, pretty, pretty awesome. Bjorn and I went for a long walk the day after and I was like, okay, what do we do with this? Like what's <laughs> like, what just happened? We have to do this for sure. Like yeah. this, <laughs> um, the baby's out. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love our brand. Like that's if, if, if it had like failed on Twitter and no one had been interested in it, like I, I it had been hard for me to like, let go of the reform brand. Like I love that name. I can't so it's, like, believe the perfect it's, name for it. It, it is. It is. And as long as people say reform instead of reform, you're fine. And even if they say reform, it's like, yeah, it's okay. It's still going to end up there. And the first time they hear somebody say reform, um, yeah. it's, it's solid. It's really solid. And you're yeah. reforming, so, you're reforming the form space. I mean, it just, there's so many meanings, layers. Yeah. It's, it's a nice name for a form challenger. I think that's right. For, for <laughs> yes, for something that's reforming forms. It's per quite yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, well done. <laughs> Yeah, so so we have to do it, and uh, the first like way that we thought about doing it was to just basically. So Derek had the idea for us to have a an option on the sign up form that just said "shut up and take my money," and one that said "I'm interested in this. Uh, I can see myself being a, a paying customer of this." And the first one was, "I just want to follow the journey," um, and I thought most people are just going to pick that one, but actually, mm -hmm. by far, most people pick interested in potential customer option, like out of 500, probably, I don't know, 300 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe around 40 people said, shut up and take my money. But people read a lot of different meanings into that. Like one person said, shut up and take my money. And I asked him for his use case for it. And he's like, my use case was to support you <laughs> and become a customer because I want to be a customer because it's your thing. That's not a that's not a use case. Um, yeah, <laughs> like he just wanted like, to be a customer because that. he wanted to be a cust like a, a yeah. customer of mine. So that's yeah. really nice that people felt like that way. Um, but uh, yeah, that's not kind of like what I meant. Uh, sure, with that question. But it, however, fine. yeah, those people will tell other people to yeah. use your thing when they're standing there and somebody says, "Ah, oh, what do you use? You know, I don't know how it's going to go up. You need a form. <laughs> yeah, you should use yeah. this. I'm a customer. So it's all good." It's all good. Yeah. But so our yeah. first idea was to basically hard code forms for people like we did for our own. Um, and, and I thought that was going to be your next move. I thought that maybe like there was like going to be enough people that just wanted a form like now that we mm -hmm. could just do that for them. But it didn't seem like it was such an urgent matter for most people. And also it's when I, when I talked to Derek about it, it's like, it just felt like that wasn't a very exciting offer. Like you have to work with me and like explain, like that's not the exciting thing about building a form. Mm. It's like trying to explain to me what feels you want. And then I set it up for you and blah, blah. Like it just, it was, that was like a shitty MVP. Um, 
So instead, Derek pushed back and was like, how long would it actually take for you to build just the form builder? Like with simple, like a, just a handful of fields that most like that would solve like the basic use cases because you have to build all the other stuff anyways, like receiving submissions and, you know, sending a mm -hmm. webhook and stuff like that. So yeah, when we, when we thought about it a bit more, it's like actually wouldn't take that long. Um, so right now like we started working on the app a bit and we've we have basically like a prototype um that you've seen as well of of a form builder um that we just we wanted a prototype to figure out all this stuff that was unknown about how it would work and how mm. how it would feel to like navigate with the keyboard and stuff like that mm -hmm. and how drag and drop would work stuff like that and and it all like it's not done yet but we know like there's no unknowns right now for how it should work. So we're, I think in to, to, tomorrow or something like that, we're going to start actually implementing it um, in our Laravel app. So version one is, we set a goal that we gave ourselves three and a half weeks to launch version one. And in that time frame, we want to solve our own use case, build our own form, uh, early access form in it, and get our first customers on board. Um, so it's a little bit of an aggressive goal, but I feel like we can pull it off. So April 7th is when we want to have it ready for someone to sign up on their own. Oh, not okay. sign up on their own. Like we're going to, we might still like handle some stuff like payment manually, but they can create their own form and publish it. Cool. So that's where we're at. It's fun Love times. It. That's cool. Lots of stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah, but you're... And it feels like a small enough bet. Like we have 500 people mm -hmm. or not all, like some of them are just want to follow the journey, but whatever, like we have a lot of people who are interested and we're going to build something very simple that will work for some of them and yeah. at least give people something to try. Cool. That feels like a nice next, next step. Yeah, it does. Uh, it does. And it's just around the corner. So you're, yeah, uh, yeah. staying fast and nimble. I like it, man. Sorry for going long. No, you had a very big, very big uh, moment there, and listeners missed last week. week. <laughs> yeah, listeners list a week. Thanks to thanks to me, I'll I'll take the blame. So, um, nah, it's fine. Yeah, cool, man. I'm excited. What's, what's going on in Team Summit? Yeah, uh, Team Summit. So let me just go maker manager. That's uh, part of the reason why it's been hard to record as well, like because you have. Yeah. Meetings with your teams all with your team all day. I know it's they uh, only have one team, right? Are you split up in teams? <laughs> no, just one, just one team. Um, I will. I'm working with, uh, but it is sort of three separate threads at the individual level. Like I'm directly managing three people as opposed to they are two in the same department, engineering, and then one outside of that. But I mean, it's three. It basically three direct reports at this point instead of zero which is a bit i love when startup put jump. like different hqs on their website for like each of their remote employees it's i like, know right this yeah. is our london office and our san francisco office <laughs> yeah yeah no at this point this point uh no uh it's it's funny that you say that though because i'm definitely spending more time managing and less time doing even with just quote unquote, just three people um, working with me now. Now I should say only one of them is full time. The other two are, you know, one is 
10 hours a week. And the other one is, you know, was he was 16 hours a week, but that's actually about to double to 32. Uh, that's Giles, nice. which is really exciting. So yeah, that's we're going to double, double the rate of progress on the product uh, implementation side, um, which is a really big deal. So anyway, take a step back. We are, let's, let's have maker manager on the manager side. I am meeting weekly with uh, the sort of product team, myself, Giles, and Ryan. And then I would say weekly as well with Weston, who is working on Python development, integrations, and data uh, as a contractor. Um, but that's kind of a separate project, so that's just running, and I just have touch, po- uh, touch points as needed. Um, but we have a regular standing meeting on Tuesday to discuss the new product development uh, efforts. And that's really fun, exciting meeting because <laughs> it's like I'm not alone. Product's getting built. It's really exciting and it's coming together. So, so those have been good. And the goal is to have something, basically, have a version that can be used by myself and Ryan, at least to some extent, by the end of day tomorrow. Okay. So, just something that we can click around with. It's not going to be feature complete by any stretch, but we're going to be able to click and drag and add events and edit events um, in a brand new user interface, which is all for the, for the nerds listening, it's all react based. So <clears throat> out with the view in with the react and uh, that's that what we're separate. doing. Actually, we're building it in react this time. Okay. Yeah. You know, so last year. It's so last year. I, I actually hate, I hate that whole, as you know, I'm very good off my lawn and, you know, whatever when it comes to JavaScript and modern front-end development. But what I said was to Giles is like, look, let's just use what you're most familiar with and comfortable with because the reality is uh, all the front-end work I did last year, I'm willing to bet in the long run gets replaced. So why am I going to cling to it and force some, why am I going to force, <laughs> you know, who knows how many developers to use a framework that I with zero sort of habits and knowledge about any frameworks just chose. I mean, let's use what rebuilding the entire product. Uh, uh, No, not the entire product. So the backend is going to stay the same. The interpreter is the same. The templating engine is probably the same. The language, the front end, the data model. The front end, though, is yes, going to be completely rebuilt. Okay, so it's not like he has to like convert the view to React. Like he's building new things. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a new front end because the current front end is basically forms based. It's create events using this drop down yeah. and fill out forms. The new one is going to be ca- sort of canvas based and look much more like a spreadsheet. Uh, spreadsheet with a canvas and i can ju- i can already picture and i'm already designing all the ways to integrate all of the existing functionality into the new interface and so it doesn't really make sense to try to cripple the new thing and yeah. have it not contain certain features when why wouldn't it so, so, so forms are going away entirely or yeah the forms they're not going away entirely, but they'll be optional. So you may create events using by filling out a form, yeah. which is a template. Or you may create events just by putting in your own formulas, 
which is freehand, if you will. And yeah, makes sense. And then others can create templates so that you know freehand folks can create templates for everybody else, and you can use templates or not is the idea. And yeah, that's the that's the new product. So I'm, you know, after again another year in market. Well, not even a year. So we well, it will have been a year. So we I launched the I launched in July the front end that's live today. And I think by this July we'll have the new one out. And it's kind of like saying, look, I learned everything there was to know with it. It was good enough for people to pay for. I have some paying customers. I'm actually adding paying customers to it. But it's not it's not what it needs to be. So let's let's build it again. Is will this work like will will this work for existing users? Like will they just be like migrated to this new way of doing? Like is the uh I guess the question question I'm asking is like is the event format gonna change or the data models the data is, models the same. Okay. So, so you'll be able just, to they just get a new UI for the right. same data you they can, already have. Yeah, you can view all of your existing events in the new user interface. You can run all of your existing events and create a model the same way you do today. Um, editing will be very different. Authoring will be different. You know, that's great. Editing, that's that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So in, in, a, in a lot of ways, I don't think people realize as they were building their models with the other interface that they were building a graph and that they were building these nodes and how it was all laid out. I think when they see their models in the new interface, I think it's going to be, I think it'd be very exciting for people because it's, it's visualizing the structure that they were actually building underneath yeah all along that's very educational it's educational it's much more natural too because you think in terms of flow you know you signups come in they go to here they go from here to here seeing those boxes and arrows is much more intuitive than looking at a table and knowing that somewhere behind the scenes, these things all connect, but the connections aren't explicit. The way I'm picturing it in my head right now is like some of it is like funnels uh, that you're kind of like drawing, but also the f like some of the flywheel stuff we've, we've talked about many times as well. Like I can see that as like, okay, so it goes back in here and then yeah. amplifies this one. And right. So is loops that how it's going to work? Yeah, loops. so you can you know you can visualize loops, you can visualize flow, funnels, all of that, all of that logic of your business, and then the output is essentially time stamped output of all those activities, which can be turned yeah. into financial models or financial forms, um, etc. So we're very bullish on the flexibility and the composability that you'll have. Yeah. I think one good example of this was okay with the current tool to build a financial model you've got to really understand summit's opinions my op opinions about the right way to build a financial model it's you know very decomposed in terms of the structures separate events for retention and revenue and acquisition funnels which is like four events just to generate revenue which is not the same thing as income and so it's this very like which is which is a good way to do it and, and in fact there's like this there is this level of sophistication 
that it enforces, that it requires you to have to really use it. And so you kind of come into it. And if you're not at that level, it's going to try to guide you to be that level or force you to be at that level. And what was fun is, so what have I been doing? Let me switch to the maker side. On the maker side. Can I side, just say something? Yeah, to, yeah go to ahead. That, to the canister. Yeah, yeah. Like, what I'm realizing is that it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it very obvious what you're missing or like parts, like gaps in your models, basically. Like, because you'll you'll have to think about like what's the input to this and what the what's the output so like you'll have to think about like what what came before this this thing and and where what does it lead to because and i think with the form based approach like it's easy to miss like okay i needed to first like have whatever like inbound website traffic before That's i could right. convert it like it's just going to yeah. be very obvious when you see it visually that's really cool yeah it was very opinionated before about okay this is sort of bottoms up. So you have to have this before you can have this, before you can have this. This is going to say, we're not going to enforce that. You can click the run button and the, the results might be um, different than you would expect, but it's not wrong. You know, There's not a wrong way to start this exercise. So wherever you want to sort of jump in and start expressing or describing describing your business, it's okay. That's fine. So where this really, really hit home for me was, so I've shifted into a design role. I've been doing wireframing and user story um, writing uh, probably a day or two a week, last couple of weeks, which has been very satisfying. Um, and member, you know, members of the team were like, wow, reading this puts all the work that I'm doing into context. Like I can understand how the work I'm doing ultimately gets used by the user even before we build that interface or that that ux um for the person so i was like great well that's that's the point of good design or having design in house yeah. <laughs> you can see the you can see the picture so it sounds like it's working um but here here's the thing i was doing is like okay here's a user story number one uh i was like okay jay is a founder jay comes to the web uh, to the to summit and he wants to model his uh runway how much money do I have? How much time do I have based on the money that I have? And I was trying to think like, what's the simplest model that uh, he or she can build to um, to represent this? And in the current world, they'd have to essentially build out, like I said, retention curves, revenue plans, um, acquisition funnels, and a cash balance. So they're already at like, four separate events and that's just like a lot of to like think that way and i'm like but on the other hand like how do how would somebody do this in excel or g sheets they would just kind of come to it they'd put in their monthly revenue they'd put in their monthly expenses they put in their cash and they just kind of drag them over out of those two sorry out of top line would fall bottom line and then they would just subtract that from their cash each month and ta-da you know when it hits zero i'm done so it's very very crude and simple in a way it's wrong in a bunch of ways that i can get to later right but it doesn't matter that it's wrong um the fact is it it is what they wanted to build right and the and to its credit google sheets or excel did not prevent them from doing it that way right even though i could come in and say it's not the best way or the right way to do it um, and summit wouldn't allow you to do that today but with the new product, 
I think of that as okay, this is a this is a model that is wide in scope. So it's covering the business broadly, top line income, expenses, bottom line. It's coarse in terms of its grain, meaning wait, you're representing all of your revenue just with like a single number <laughs> and you're just like dragging it like don't you want to deconstruct that into separate tiers and pricing and funnels and all this? It's like, no, I just want one thing to represent my revenue. Well, are you going to distinguish between, you know, income and revenue? No, not really. I'm going to treat them as if they're the same thing. Well, they're not from a cash standpoint, (laughs) revenue and income are not the same. Uh, But you're going to overlook that for now. And then you're going to type in all of your data manually, meaning you're not going to even link it to a data set or anything. And so you're like, wow, this is a really, uh, really weak model. It's very coarse and it's very broad, but this is what you want to create. So the challenge was like, okay, how do we innate, how do we support a person who wants to do that instead of coming down on them and saying, you know, no, you know, you're not allowed to create a model that's so uh, wrong. <laughs> and that would that was the challenge of the new user interface is allow them to create a model that's that um naive right or that basic yeah simple yeah yeah um so what i realize is with the new product ui so the the data model behind summit is events nothing that i just described isn't allowed from a data modeling standpoint you know you can do what i just said it'll allow you to do it the current user interface that's live today won't allow you to do it because it's enforcing these constraints that I that I mentioned. It's enforcing these rules. But then I realize, okay, if I can just put in a number for my cash and, ha- and, and if I can just put in a number for my current revenue and have it grow and a number for my current expenses and have it either stay flat or grow slightly, I can represent that with three events in the new user interface and it will it'll output something and it'll output the same answers that Excel or Google Sheets would. And then from there, we can educate the user on, okay, how do you make this better? How do you connect data sets? How do you connect the right metrics from those data sets? How do you turn your sort of revenue line item there and have it be cash like income because you're trying to model runway which is cash flow dependent not revenue dependent so we can take the user a thousand miles down the road in terms of maturing their understanding of how to model things but the the promise of the new ui is to allow them to just be simple to start and not have to care about all that right i like that a lot sounds Sounds like an awesome way to do it. It's like you you can, if it's a way to get something, like show something on the screen, like get started on something. Yeah. You can improve it from there. Yeah, exactly. And like uh, one example, which will, which will then uh, help me share a little more on the maker side is that we're working. Um, so we just finished the work to pull in uh, daily cash balances across any of your Plaid connected accounts. And you know, a, a naive model, you might put in like your current cash balance. What, what Summit's going to do instead is for any metrics you connect, we're going to derive metric or for any systems you connect, we're going to derive metrics for you automatically. So an example of that would be 
if you're going to do a runway model, you should actually think about using a like rolling 30 day average of your cash because you've got money coming in and money going out. And so you're going to have peaks and valleys even within a month. So using today's cash position is going to be off. It could be really off just depending on how lumpy your cash flow is intra-month. So when you connect to your bank account, we're going to automatically generate a rolling 30-day average balance. And so you can pick that from a list and have that be your starting point as opposed to going to chase.com or mercury.com or whatever and just grabbing whatever the current number is, right? That's not a good way to do it. So we can still have opinions and help you be smart. But we can still let you start very crudely, if you will, and then say, okay, let's make this a little bit better by connecting a data set. Cool. Let's not use your current balance. Let's use your rolling 30-day average instead. Oh, that's nice, right? And so now I've got this runway model, which is using my rolling 30-day average cash balance instead of a manually man- you know, manually updated G sheet using my balance that I grabbed off the web page today. That's yeah. way better suddenly. But I let you start really simple, right? Yeah. That's that's great. Great year to think about it. Yeah. And so that that's user story number one. And it's very um, so you know, that person coming in, building that three event model, getting that output, and then saying, you know what, I actually want to I want to sign up for an alert, which, you know, now that I've connected my my bank account data, I just want to sign up for an alert that sends me every week the output of this model and i can see if based on my rolling 30-day cash balance is my runway date staying the same or is it changing right so you can sort of get this you're pretty happy with this little model you built it's got some valuable output that's fine let's let's turn that into you know ongoing value for you i love this it's like it's it's like you you're giving people like okay do what you would do in a spreadsheet Bingo. Just to show, like, just so we can show you that we can do the same things, like, at least the same things. Mm-hmm. And then from there, and like, we're telling you now, like, this is a simple model. Like, this, this is, this can be a lot better. And then you just start, like, showing them ways it can be better and helping them make it better. And it becomes so much more obvious why it's better than a spreadsheet than if it just started out by being like super advanced and fancy because it's like, I don't, I'm I'm not exactly sure how it's better. I don't even understand how it's different, but it's like, you showed me the baseline, which is doing the same thing as a spreadsheet. And then incrementally, I like, I understand that we're making it better. So each time I do something, it's like, okay, cool. That's great. Another thing I could do. So this is, this is a breakthrough in the sense of I now believe that the goal of onboarding a user is not for them to build a full-blown financial model. It's to allow them to build some part of it, yeah, get value from that little piece, and then extend it if they want to, or even collaborate with a teammate who maybe has another piece of the puzzle. Um. And you could see how this could work for an engineering manager who's got a hiring plan and a budget. This could work for a CEO who's got a runway question. This could work for um, a marketing person who's trying to understand, you know, best place to invest marketing spend. So even within silos, it's okay to build a model that's just your part of the business. And then kind of the enterprise sale, if you will, or the larger sale becomes, okay, you've got 
maybe you've got two or three or four models within your business, all built by different managers or, or members of the team. You can stitch those together now into a holistic model, but you don't have to also, right? And so it's, so Summit suddenly becomes much more of a spreadsheet competitor in that sense, a replacement, because you're letting individual sort of managers who have their eyes on a few trees in the forest, but not the whole forest, just kind of do that little bit of modeling that is relevant to them, right? And, and that's how we use not worry about the whole picture. That's how we use spreadsheets, like you know, five times during the day, just like running a business. Yes. Like I'm not doing financial models; I'm just like checking things or like that's right. It's like a scratch pad. I think you mentioned that as well. Exactly. So I actually think Summit's real competition here is the. Molsky notebook, the whiteboard, the scratch pad, the spreadsheet, where being able to, but the difference being you can conjure up data into Summit just with a couple keyboard strokes and pull in the metrics that are needed for those calculations in a way that you would have to suddenly, you know, log into Stripe and look at that. Let me log into ProfitWell and look at this. Let me log into HubSpot and look at that. And it makes the math and visualizations really easy and you can share it with your team, et cetera, et cetera. So it is really a better spreadsheet experience is the goal here. And then it's say- Sort of like with continuous integration, like you, you can just write a small little, you know, integration test that tests like a little part of your code, but you can mm. run it. You could pull in stuff from like the entire code base. So- Interesting. Yeah, you, you yeah. You have all the features, all the work that other people added to the code base you can pull in. Yes. Which is nice. Like, yeah. And so if you're the CEO and you and and your team connects in, you know, each of your systems of record and Summit just generates all these stats and metrics from it, but then you can just open this up instead of a spreadsheet and be able to refer to those metrics in any of your calculations. Now you don't even have to bother them to find out those numbers so that you can run a whiteboard exercise or a or a thought ex experiment, right? You could just say- a, a lot of the modeling is actually testing. It's like, I wanna just test what happens if, what happened if we didn't, if if we reached this point in time and I hadn't you know, achieved X or whatever. Like, yeah. you just wanna test what happens. Yeah, and that, that probably means you only need one little part of, you only need a few pieces or one little part of it. So I think, I think this will ultimately impact our pricing model, although not negatively for existing customers. I think this will also make onboarding much faster, faster time to value. And I think the potential users of this goes from, oh, it's the CFO or the financial ops people to it's really any manager that, like you said, has a scratch pad for calculations handy and would normally go to G Sheets. Can we? get them to kick that habit and go here instead because dot, 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 right? Um, which is a tall order, but that's that's where we're headed. Um, I'm really, I feel like a lot's crystallized, you know, about the users and use cases um, and just the engagement, sort of the desire. And if you desire to build an awesome model out of the gate, great, you can. <laughs> but I just realized so many use cases of spreadsheets is not that it's just i want to run three numbers together for 12 months <laughs> and right. get the answer right 
Um, so that's that's where we're headed. Um, be able to hopefully play with something here in the next couple of days, and yeah, still aiming to launch this thing. Say early summer is the idea. That's so, awesome. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think honestly, like the reason I'm not using Summit a lot and why I don't think that we would probably at for the current product, like we probably wouldn't be like a good fit as a paying customer for it. And, you know, there's a free plan that we could just use, but I don't like reform range. Like these projects, right? Projects are too, they don't require like a full financial model right now. Um, Bingo. I just, yeah. it's like, for example, like one calculation I did in a spreadsheet the other day and not in Summit. I could have done this in Summit actually. But it was like, like what happened if we launch with like a super heavily discounted annual deal? Like what would that do to our cash flow? And like I listened to Jason Cohen talk about like if you can get 20% of your customers to upgrade to annual, like this is what it means for your cash flow. It's like, it's just some of these things, like you just want to play around with it. Like you just want to understand, like I, Perfect it's, example. It's, it starts to get complicated, right? Perfect 20%, example. Yeah. Per twenty percent of your customers only pay like you know for six months because they get like a heavily discounted annual plan. So how many customers need to sign up every month for us to hit ramen profitable? Because then ramen profitable for us is not about MRR. It's about how many people sign up on an annual plan versus a monthly plan every yep. month, right? Yep. And it, That's the a, math is fairly simple in a spreadsheet, but it's still a lot of you know typing and yeah. And it, I think I can get you to use Summit for that instead, especially if I told you that um, Summit also contains you know you can easily include the average percentage of people that sign up for an annual plan in your calculations because Summit has that data because it's been published to Summit by some other you know SaaS companies or users, and now you're like okay. It's the place to go for intelligent assumptions, yeah. right? Or in you know benchmarks as well. It's like okay, it's an, it's a very smart scratch pad. <laughs> um, but that's a perfect example where like you went to you went to Google Sheets or Excel because you're like I don't need a financial model, but I do need to model something. I think the 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 feeling I like the reason I didn't go to Summit is because I feel I it feels like with the current version of Summit that I need to have like the whole world in order. Like yep. it, it feels like I need everything in there before it like yes it makes Precisely. sense to use it yeah and I think that's exactly what you said but like it just it's just resonating with me more and like I like I'm more like I'm excited about what you're describing now because it like it literally talks about something that I I need right so that's really <laughs> yeah cool. yeah yeah I that is exciting because also you know I, I think that the time to value is less. And I think that the market then is also bigger because I don't have to wait for people to say, Ooh, I need a full blown financial model or I have everything in order. It's really, yeah. I need to do some calculations. So I'm going to do it where if this does evolve, <laughs> it's not a dead end. Right. Yeah. Like, and it, the, the, this would be like a valuable use case for me. Like, and the thing that I just described is like, there's, several things about it like i need to figure out how to do it i need to make some sort of like you know 
okay assumptions <laughs> when I mm-hmm. like what's realistic in terms of signups and, and stuff like that. And then the next thing is like, I also want to show it to Bjorn and like explain to him what I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's That's really several good. things there that I think is interesting. Yeah. I, I might have to, I might have to take a look at the sheet you put together and see oh, how it's... I would do that with some, don't, don't go to the embarrassment. Everyone goes to the embarrassment. <laughs> no, but like that's such a great example where it got the job done though. Yeah. Like it satisfied you. And that is extremely I mean that that's very powerful. So I think um I think I'd like to see it because what I'd like to say is could you have, you know, could you doing command T and opening up summit instead? Could it have been faster better right yeah Yeah. that's the goal yeah so uh yeah i'm very excited about that i've got a i got a second user story that i just hinted at that i also wrote out which i told the team you know we want to get the first one out that's the sort of the alpha if you will that's the use it but i don't want to consider this new product version done until people can also publish to the app which means if you've got a little model that you think is valuable, if you think it's useful, if it's got formulas that are you think would be valuable and useful to other people, or even just data that you think would be valuable to others, then you should be able to publish that so that other users of Summit can incorporate it into their models. Annual right. deal calculator. Annual deal calculator. I mean, how about just the percentage of customers that typically choose an annual plan for a SaaS, right? And you can imagine how deep this could go, right? If somebody really wanted to... You could just take the entire like uh, report that they did for MicroConf. <laughs> that, uh, I mean... They could publish well. it on the Summit. Yeah, exactly. Patrick Campbell could be publishing tons of insights, uh, tons of their insights into Summit. And it has, you know, four products that are priced between, you know, 19 and $99 a month. The average percentage that choose annual is thirty-seven percent, right? And so there could be an event, an object in Summit that's created by ProfitWell with full attribution. That if you install it, gives you that thirty-seven percent number that you didn't just have to go look up. And even better, you can plug that right into your model and just use it to route thirty-seven percent of your signups to annual plans. That's awesome. Yeah, he could he could create one where you say that you're a remote team and then he discounts your grow, growth by 20%. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> that was a little bit uh, provocative. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, and, and actually in, in that world, ProfitWell or whomever is the author in this case would get you know some revenue in exchange for it. So you'd be able to make money by publishing information to Summit, uh, information that can be used. And I think the closest thing to this is kind of open source software but with more of a financial incentive it's it's a little strange because like with, even with something like youtube you can either watch a video or you can create videos you know there aren't a lot of platforms where creating something in this case creating a model immediately enables you to publish it in a way that's reusable by others yeah it's like a i'm publishing a song and then somebody else can immediately incorporate that song into one of their songs or that track 
into one of those. So there are actually audio kind of versions of this. Um, or like, like the instruments or something. Yeah, like uh, remixing and audio yeah. that you publish can be remixed, et cetera. But I think so, I think open source software is the closest thing. Is that it's all you know? If you publish open source software, others can start to use it right away to create stuff. Um, I think that's that's the grand vision here: is you know reusable information and functions for everyone. Um, so it's, it's really exciting though because we're at the point where we have a team that can actually deliver i've been talking about this stuff for a year plus now <laughs> but yeah i'm really excited because we actually have the team that can design and ship it you know <laughs> it just uh and the audience and the customers that are waiting for it so I'm, I'm really optimistic about the next i'd say three or four months being a big step change for us i feel like i'm much more caught up on the vision right now it's exciting cool yeah, same. And uh, week to week, we keep adding, you know, a customer here, a customer there. So the current version is being bought. We just, you know, you you hit the nail on the head when you said, "I didn't use Summit because." And I said, "Uh huh." <laughs> I think I think we can turn more of our users into customers by understanding what you just said. Yeah. Awesome. That's uh, yeah. It's a podcast. Sounds like it. I've got a quick time recording for you to dice up. Fun times. Sorry, man. All credit to Peter for editing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Show notes. Just kidding. <laughs> Show notes can be found at metaphors.fm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <sighs> Yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye. Take care. <laughs>